0: Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. How many are glad that you're here today celebrating Mother's Day? Amen? So usually, you know, pastors have a Mother's Day message. I'm staying right in our series on unity and, uh, and it's going to tie in to our Mother's Day message today as well. But we are on a last message of a five-week series on unity where we're studying uh, the first four chapters of the book of 1 Corinthians. Uh, if you're a guest with us today, we, I hope you enjoyed today's message. Just with a little bit of background, uh, Paul had written this letter to both the Jewish and the Greek believers who were living in Corinth. Paul played a significant role in their lives as he went there to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And many of them had accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior because of Paul speaking to them about Jesus. Well, while Paul was in Ephesus, all of a sudden he heard about some quarreling that was taking place in the church of Corinth. And how there was some division that was taking place. And and he's getting concerned about the situation. and, And instead of making a phone call, he had to write a letter Because there was no phones at that point, so he wrote a letter. It's where we get 1 Corinthians, where he he brings encouragement to, to the church. He's trying to bring encouragement and correction to some of the issues that they were facing. Today, we're going to look specifically at chapter 4 of 1 Corinthians. I encourage you, if you have your Bibles here today, or if you have a device that you looked at God's Word on, I encourage you to open that up because we're going to be staying there the entire time of this message. This is probably one of the more difficult chapters to navigate and to understand. Paul is giving a rebuke to the believers in Corinth. And I guess the question that we all need to ask, why is Paul giving this rebuke? Why is this taking place? And so as we begin today, I want to just start summarizing what is happening. Remember from the previous week's discussion, the believers in Corinth were arguing about who was the greater greater leader, some are saying, I'm following Apollo, Paul, I'm following Apollos, I'm following Peter, I'm following Jesus. And we talked about all the different discussions about that. So there was this division happening based on their loyalty to the different leaders. But Paul begins to challenge their arrogance. Who qualified you to judge God's work? Who qualified you to judge me, the Apostle Paul, or judge Apollos, or judge Peter? See, there was a lack of humility among the believers as they had become prideful in themselves. They were speak, speaking smack about Paul and even some of the other apostles. And then this righteous anger comes upon Paul, and he challenges their thinking, and he brings this rebuke to them. see, Paul Sees himself as their spiritual father. Many of them found Jesus through Paul's preaching, and now they're acting, catch this, they're acting superior to what Paul is and to the other apostles. They're acting like they are better than Paul or the other apostles. As Paul finishes his rebuke, which is chapter four, we see Paul doesn't mince his words. The very last verse, 21, verse 21 of chapter 4, listen to what the Apostle Paul says. He says, which do you choose? Now Paul says, I'm going to come back. if, If by God's grace, if I'm willing, I'm able to do, I'm going to come back and come to you, meet with you face to face. He says, which do you choose? Should I come with a rod to punish you? Or should I come with love and a gentle spirit? It reminds me of the very first time or maybe for you guys as well, when you saw the other side of mom. You only knew the loving and the caring side of mom. But then you disrespected mom one day and you discovered there's another side. All of a sudden you discovered those famous words which so many of us have heard before. I brought you into this world and I can take you out of this world. Choose you today. Which one are you going to choose? Which one? See, Paul's done with his foolishness, the disrespect the people had in Corinth and had developed against the apostles. And he reminds them that he is their spiritual father. He has no more time for their ungratefulness and brings harsh correction to their actions and to their thinking. So now that we kind of have the summary ...of what's taken place in this chapter, I want to dive in a little deeper. I'm going to read a lot of the chapter to you today, but I'm not going to read all of it. So I encourage you at some point today to read chapter 4 of 1 Corinthians. I hope you're reading the entire book of 1 Corinthians. We're doing a study on that right now. But in the first five verses of chapter 4, Paul describes himself and the other apostles as servant. That they are servants to Christ... And it's interesting the Greek word that the Apostle Paul uses uh, to, to describe himself as a servant. It's a word that can be translated under or under rower, under rower. It's referring to the crew in the bottom. Of a galley ship, and you've probably seen them in the movies where they're all rowing in, in sync, they're all rowing together that's the word the apostle Paul uses to refer to himself and the other apostles as servants. He uses this this word that can be translated under roar. They were slaves under the authority of the captain, and they rowed they rowed in, in his command in unison. Paul uses this word specifically to illustrate. That it's not about his own will, but he was under the authority of Jesus Christ. I'm his servant, guys. The Corinthians had become arrogant in their beliefs, and Paul is reminding them, hey, guys, we are all servants to Jesus Christ. There's really, I mean, come on, there's no difference. You can't all of a sudden think you're going to elevate yourself above. We're all servants to Jesus. See, Paul is stressing how important it is in our lives to have a spirit of humility. The Corinthians were judging the apostles' work and were arguing who was the better uh, apostle. And anytime you judge another, I want you to catch this, anytime you judge another, in that judgment, you're elevating yourself above that person. Just think about that. They were acting as if they knew more than the apostles, that they knew more than Jesus. And Paul reminds them, That there's one day that's coming when Jesus will return and he will be the one that will judge each and every one of us. And he knows the motives and the the actions of our hearts. So be careful. Then in verse 6, Paul begins his rebuke. So let's dive into this. He writes, Dear brothers and sisters, I have used Apollos and myself to illustrate what I've been saying. If you pay attention to what I have quoted from the Scriptures, Paul's quoting Scriptures to share the truth. If you pay attention to what I've quoted from the Scriptures, you won't be proud of one of your leaders at the expense of another. Once again, again, Paul is just saying, stop comparing. And then he goes into verse 7. For what gives you the right to make such a judgment? What do you have that God hasn't given you? It's a great question for all of us. And if everything you have is from God, why boast as if it, were a, if, it weren't, if it were not a gift? Paul was saying, have you already forgotten even the oxygen that you breathe is a gift from God? Yeah. Everything that we do is a gift from God. We don't deserve any of that. It's all give, uh, given to us as a gift from God. So who are you to boast? And then listen to what Paul, the Apostle Paul shares next. Verse 8. You think you already have everything you need. You think you are already rich. You have begun to reign in God's kingdom without us. I wish you really were reigning already, for then we would be reigning already with you. And let me just kind of paraphrase what Paul is saying. He said, guys, you think you're all that in a bag of chips? For some of the Corinthian believers are thinking, catch this, they're thinking they're the captain of the ship instead of being the under-roar. They think they're the one that are guiding this ship. Paul's reminding them, you're not guiding the ship, guys. You're just one of us. You're one of the servants of Jesus Christ. We all serve Jesus. Some theologians believe this verse is referencing how the Corinthians believed their monetary success shows their spiritual authority. I'll say it again. They were believing that their monetary success, because the city of Corinth was a trade city. It was a pretty wealthy city, so most likely many of these people were, had some affluence. And they were kind of thinking because of their affluence, because of their wealth, because of these different things, you know, it kind of proved to them that they had spiritual superiority. We see the same type of thinking in our world today. I'm I'm going to just dive deep into this because so many times we judge the success of of Christians, the success of pastors, the success of how successful, look at what they are. Bad way to judge. They viewed their worldly blessings as God's approval on their life. It's like me viewing my spiritual life as more successful than than that Christian believer who is in China, locked in prison because he was sharing his faith. Just because I live in America and I have have been graced by God's blessing to live in America, to have so many wonderful things, does not mean that I have spiritual authority or spiritual superiority over a person who is in China, who is in jail because of their faith. In fact, I say it's the exact opposite. Their faith is being tested. Who am I to say where their faith is? Because they're they're locked up in prison for their faith, for sharing the gospel. You think, Pastor Thomas, we have a missionary in China right now who who has a Bible college. And some of those teachers have been locked up in prison because of sharing their faith in Jesus Christ. Look what Paul writes next. Verse 9. He says, Instead, I sometimes think God has put us apostles on display. Interesting what Paul's saying. Like prisoners of war at the end of a victor's parade, condemned to die. Remember, most of the apostles were martyred for their faith. We have become a spectacle to the entire world, to people and to angels alike. See, in Romans' time, there was a triumphal entry after a victory of war, when one country took over another country and they were victorious, they would come back into the city like a parade and the general would lead that parade and usually the army would follow that in that parade as they're going through the city and behind the army would be the spoils of war. It'd be all the things that they were able to, to capture and to take from that city and they were displaying all the spoils of war, all the, all the expensive things that they took, the jewelry, the gold, the silver, all those different things. And then at the very end of that parade, there would be the captives, the people, the prisoners of war, those that were captured, and they would be on display at the very end. And it was really a form of humility as they're showing that these were the ones that we captured. Paul was trying to instruct the Corinthians not to judge a book by its cover. Don't judge what you see from a worldly perspective, perspective because you're wrong. The Corinthian believers were proud of their own success. Catch this. The Corinthian believers were kind of proud of their own success, but it appears by the scripture that they were somewhat embarrassed by Paul's humble state. Kind of embarrassed. Let's flip that perspective from what the Corinthians were thinking to what Paul was thinking. Think about how wrong it was for the people in Corinth to be living in luxury while those who were responsible for bringing the good news of Jesus Christ to their town were suffering greatly. He said, wait a minute, guys. And beyond the suffering, the apostles are now being judged by the believers in Corinth. Paul now goes on this rant. And I'm not a huge fan of sarcasm, but I guess Paul was because he uses sarcasm in this rant. He just takes off. Let's continue reading verse 10, and we're going to read from verses 10 through 16. I'm going somewhere, so just stay with me. Paul writes, our dedication to Christ makes us look like fools. But you claim to be so wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are so powerful. You are honored, but we are ridiculed. Even now we go hungry and thirsty, and we don't have enough clothes to keep warm. We are often beaten and have no home. We work wearily with our hands to earn a living. We bless those who curse us. We are patient with those who abuse us. We appeal gently when evil things are said about us. Yet we are treated like the world's garbage, like everybody's trash. Right up to this present moment, I'm not writing these things to shame you, but to warn you as my beloved children. For even if you had 10,000 others to teach you about Christ. You, have on, you only have one spiritual father. For I became your father in Christ Jesus when I preached the good news to you. So I urge you to imitate me. Amen. Paul doesn't pull any punches in this passage of scripture. His sarcasm displays the disrespect that he feels from the believers in Corinth. And then look at, look at verse 10, what he said. Our dedication to Christ makes us look like fools. Our dedication to Christ makes us look like fools. Truly following Jesus doesn't mean that you will be honored and highly favored by the people of this world. You need to know that. You need to understand that. In fact, usually it's the exact opposite scenario. The apostles sacrificed everything for Jesus, including their own safety. It made no sense to the believers in Corinth, why would they do this? Why would they not have enough food to eat? Why would they not have enough clothes? Why do they subject themselves to beating just because they're going to share the gospel? They did so many things for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul even states in verse 12, he says, we work rarely with our own hands to earn our living. Paul made this statement for a reason. In that culture... In that culture of that day, the Greeks didn't respect those who did manual labor. It was beneath them. Physical labor was only suitable for slaves. So when Paul says, we made tents, I made, I, I, I'm a tent maker, I do this just to provide a living so that I can preach the gospel. That didn't make any sense. These guys, in the, the Greeks, they were philosophers. They, they were educated, and they had, they had servants that would serve. And the idea that Paul would be teaching them, and, and he's just a manual labor person? You see where I'm going? See, it was embarrassing to them that the apostles did physical labor. How can, how can you see how Paul was addressing this prideful? You can see how Paul's addressing this prideful attitude that's taking place. Because the believers in Corinth were still living according to their old ways. They had forgotten who they were following. They had forgotten that they were following Jesus. His foundation, Jesus Christ, was the cross. Where Jesus states, For even the Son of Man came not to be served but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Following Jesus requires sacrifice. Paul describes the sacrifice that he and the other apostles had made. That's why one of the reasons we gave an opportunity today to give to a great project, Acres of Love, because sometimes in our lives, we just need to sacrifice. But not only in monetary ways. The apostle Paul was not just monetary where they lacked food and clothing, but also how they were mistreated. Think about this. Jesus experienced the same. He was treated poorly by the authority of this world. He was treated poorly by those who should have accepted him. He was treated poorly by those who even were were closest to him. Yet Jesus was willing to endure it all for the mission of bringing forgiveness to the lost. Paul is reminding the Corinthian believers of their mission. It's not about worldly success, it's about godly success. Yeah. See, the Corinthians had become self-reliant instead of God-reliant. And it's that, it's that tightrope that we all have to walk in our life, each and every one of us. We have to walk this tightrope between being God-reliant and self-reliant. There's so many times we want to start becoming self-reliant because, you know what, in certain ways we feel like we, we feel like we can, but any moment that can be taken away. So what we really need to do is become God-reliant. And Paul is telling the believers in Corinth, you're, you're too much reliant on yourself. You Guess what? You need to become more reliant on who God is in your life. Paul reminds them that he is their spiritual father of the faith. And let's remember, a good father is someone who naturally loves his children. He wants to lead them in the right direction. When a child grows up, many times, they take on the traits of their parents. You know what I mean? You can you, you see these little kids, they start acting like their parents, they start doing things. My, uh, my daughter, Brittany, when Annette was in real estate when she was growing up, when she was growing up, when Brittany was growing up, Annette was already growing up, but she was in real estate and Brittany had to have a phone and then she had to have the different things and she, I'd start hearing her on the phone Just mimicking her mom. Yes, how can I help you? Yes, we have a property for... She was mimicking what mom was doing. She wanted to be like her mom. See, Paul encourages the believers in Corinth, imitate me. I'm your spiritual father. Be like me. Be willing to sacrifice for the good of others so that the gospel can be preached. As Paul states later in this letter in chapter 11, he says, follow my example as I follow the example of Jesus Christ. So today, let me share with you four takeaways that you can apply to your own life. Pastor Tom, you're just getting to your points? No. Just just hold on. I know what you guys are thinking. You are freaking out. It's Mother's Day, Pastor Tom. My reservations are late. <laughs> Listen to these four things. You can copy them down. You can take a picture of the screen, whatever you want to do. But I believe these are, f- these are four takeaways that are really important that you can take from this passage of Scripture today. First is this. God's truth will bring humility, not pride. If God's truth is bringing pride in your life, then you're not receiving God's truth properly. Because if you receive God's truth properly in your life, it will bring humility into your life. Second. See, that wasn't so bad, was it? I'm already my second point. Live your life to be more like Jesus. This is what the Apostle Paul is saying. Live your life to be more like Jesus. Self-sacrificing, not self-serving. Yeah. Self-sacrificing. Third, don't live for worldly reputation. Live for a godly reputation. Yeah. That's what we need in our life is a godly reputation. Jesus said in Mark eight thirty six, and what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but in the process of doing that, you lose your own soul? Yeah. What reputation are you trying to go after? And the last thing that I want to finish here, number four. That was the fastest message you've ever heard preached. <laughs> honor those who have made sacrifices for you. This is what Paul is talking about. Honor those who have made sacrifices. They stopped honoring Paul and the apostles. And st- in that format, they really stopped honoring Jesus. I think this last thought is so important because it's what's missing in our world today, honor Paul had made tremendous sacrifice in bringing the gospel to the people of Corinth. Remember, before coming to Corinth, Paul had already been stoned. He'd been in prison for preaching the gospel. When he entered Corinth, he was really fearful. He was concerned as he entered Corinth because he'd already already been locked in prison in Macedonia. He'd already been beaten up, stoned, almost to death, it says in Scripture. And so when he walks into Corinth and he's going to go preach the gospel, he goes, man, what, what's going to happen here? But the Lord told Paul, do not be afraid, for I'm going to be with you. You speak boldly. You speak with confidence, because there's many people here that need to hear the gospel, the love of Jesus Christ. And Paul obeyed. Paul obeyed. Man, when I say that, Paul obeyed, it's like that roar that's just in that ship here. Yep, yes, captain, he's just obeying. Whatever you say, Jesus, I'll do. See, the believers in Corinth were not honoring Paul for his sacrifice. They'd taken the sacrifice for granted. In today's world, I see a similar pattern taking place. People have lost the gift of honoring one another. Honoring is important. I want you to catch this. Honoring is important because honoring brings inspiration. Honoring is important because it inspires us. It puts forth objectives for people to strive towards. The Corinthians lacked honor, and this allowed pride to control their thinking and to control their actions. See, Paul was trying to restore humility and honor back into their lives. Paul knew it was important. If they didn't have humility, there would be no spiritual growth in their life. How could they learn from anybody if they're they're superior to everybody? Have you ever thought about that? As we end today, I was thinking about this subject of honor in context to Mother's Day. How truly important it is to honor our mothers and not take them for granted. To honor Jesus first, but also to honor the spiritual leaders that God has placed in our lives, moms, Those women who selflessly sacrifice so much of their time and freedom to bring safety and joy to others. Those women who spend hours on their knees praying for their children. Moms who set an example in their home by following after God. Single moms who just don't give up. They just fight for their children. See, they want to raise godly children. We need to honor those moms. Moms should show love and respect to their husbands, even when their husbands are acting like idiots. A lot of of female laughter right there. You know what I'm talking about. Moms, you don't always receive the honor that you deserve. The Apostle Paul was feeling this. He wasn't really receiving the honor that he deserved. But today, moms, we honor you for your faithfulness. We live in a culture that is trying to diminish the importance of motherhood. I I see it. We're trying to almost eliminate who a woman truly is. They're created by God as moms. To be moms, to be nurturing, to be caring, to be loving, to be praying. I see this culture is trying to remove that. And it's such an important part, piece of, of our life. God created it for a purpose and for a reason. And we need to combat that thinking by honoring moms. Moms, as we close the day, I want to say thank you for being faithful to God. Thank you for your spiritual leadership. Thank you for fighting for your kids. Thank you for fighting for your husband. Thank you for being there. Because you know what? You might not receive all, but God sees what you're doing. God sees it. Just as the Apostle Paul might have, and he did some rebuke. And, moms, I give you authority to give some rebuke, okay? Little snotty, low's little kids. Rebuke, man. You get to choose today. I brought you into this world, I can take you out. You can have a little bit of that authority that Paul took on. Because you know what? The reason he did so, because he loved his children in Corinth. He was their spiritual father. He loved them. He poured into them. He didn't want to see them go the wrong direction. So today, moms, I want you to stand all around this place. If you're watching us online, we honor you as a mom. Will you stand? Moms, just stand. Just stand. I want to pray a blessing over you today, because your role is so important, it's so instrumental to our lives, and so many times we just don't take the time to pause, and I want to say thank you for your spiritual leadership. I see many of you moms here today, and I know some of you praying for your kids. I know some of you have not given up, I know some of you are leading, you're you're doing your very, very best, sometimes you get weary, sometimes you get tired. Sometimes you feel like you just don't have enough in your tank. Guess what? God will give you the grace to fight through. And to do what you might see as impossible is not impossible with God. You're in the fight. Stay in the fight. Close your eyes today as I just say a prayer over you. Lord, we are grateful and we're thankful for loving moms. Thank you for moms who care for us. Thank you for moms who bless us. Thank you for moms who pray for us. Today, Lord, we pray your blessing over our moms. Protect them. Watch over them. Fill them with your joy. Let them see. Let them see the sacrifice, the fruit of their sacrifice today, I pray. Let them give them the rewards of the heart, Lord God, that they, they tarry over different situations and struggles and things. God, I pray that they would see that fruit. Of their labor today Lord we thank you for our moms and we love them help us Lord God to be spiritual leaders in our homes to be spiritual leaders in our schools to be spiritual leaders in our community to be spiritual leaders Lord God in our church help us to have the humility and the love Lord God to lead I pray we ask it in Jesus name and everyone said Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.